Well, friends, this morning I have a fun and tasty question for you. <laughs> what is a memorable meal that you have shared with people you love recently? Is there a particular meal that comes to mind, a group of people that you are with, a dish that you ate, a setting you were in? What is a memorable meal that you've shared with people you love recently? Something comes to mind, you can put it in the chat. I'd love for you to share. There are things that come to mind. For me, I was uh, thinking about all the, all the food, <laughs> all the things. I love food um, and I love sharing food with people. And there are just so many things that I can think of. Oh, here, here we go. There's some in the chat that I'd love to share. Ooh, wow, specific things. Halloween Pudichie, Teresa, I remember this at, in, um, yes, 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 at uh, Prince House. If you don't know, Teresa and I used to be housemates in two different houses. Um, so Halloween Pudichie, which is a Korean army stew full of lots of things in 2014. Got dim sum and tacos at a wedding reception. Oh, at Linda and Carlos, how beautiful to have dim sum and tacos, I love it. Auntie Tony shares family's famous English tacos. I got to learn about English tacos. You told me about that before. <laughs> Tamales. Yes, yes, yes. Tiffany shares late night tofu soup meal in K-Town with friends. Mm -mm -mm, that sounds heavenly. <laughs> Beef noodle soup in Taiwan with my dad. I'm guessing that's Ellie. <laughs> Yum. Um, what else we got here? Oh, gosh. Korean corn dogs with some Bethel folks. Yes, I remember when you came up and had that, Teresa. Um, Anne shares about past Christmas, eating, making homemade raviolis with her family, little nephews, Thanksgiving meals with Dora at Thanksgiving. Oh, Nancy, went to a family fish fry last weekend, had fried fish, greens, hush puppies, mac and cheese, and pies, mm -hmm. family picnics. From Grandma Alice's potato salad to Chris. <laughs> a recent brunch with Cheyenne celebrating her friend Christina's new baby. Love, love, love hearing all of this. Um, there's so many meals. Um, food is an amazing thing. And I could have named so many, but I just uh, wanted to share one here because it was recent, because I had photos in my, you know, my photo app. That was not hard to access. Um, this was on Michael's 40th birthday. And uh, Michael invited some people over. <laughs> and we actually have been really enjoying this cookbook by Eric Juno Kim called Korean American. And we've made this dish several times that Michael made a gochujang butter ribeye steak, uh, which gochujang is like a hot chili paste Korean thing. And you mix it in the butter and then you pan fry the, the steaks and you just keep spooning this spicy butter on top of it over and over and over. And we had that. And then we also had a seaweed sour cream dip from his book as well with vegetables and um, various things and they made asparagus. And it was just a wonderful time um, eating these amazing dishes uh, with some friends. Our friends made some cocktails. Uh, brought some cupcakes, 
And we literally sat around this table for almost maybe over four hours in our backyard, uh, enjoying food, enjoying friends, enjoying feasting and fellowshipping together and celebrating Michael, Pastor Michael turning 40. Um, and it was a lovely time. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about um, my sermon today and what it means to eat together and why it is that eating together can be such a wondrous thing. <laughs> and in a time and age when I think many of us are very disconnected from where our food comes from, uh, in a time when you know people have turned food purely into social media content, uh, in a time when many of us are um, have experienced kind of the, the pandemic and all the things that have brought in terms of our relationship with food uh, in the midst of diet culture and fat phobia and all the ways that food is, just becomes counting calories for us in the midst of all of these dynamics of how our society engages food. The truth is that food is not just an object of consumption. Food is also a means of connection. Food is a means of connection. And so today, as we continue our sermon series on Together in the Spirit, we're going to be talking about what it means to be together in the practice of eating. And I just want to say there's so many things we could say about food, right? I was thinking about it originally, I, I changed my sermon several times because at first I was going to talk about hospitality and this act of feasting. And then, then I was like getting into the ethics of food and sort of environmental issues and all the things surrounding that. And um, then there's kind of the history of the church and table fellowship and what it means to gather on the table and have communion and, and, and the early church and what that means. There's so many things I could say about food. And, um, and so I was a little bit surprised and the Holy Spirit led me to the psalm that uh, I had actually not really studied before, but I was reading this book called Food and Faith. And it, it um, in the beginning had this psalm, Psalm 104. And had these verses from Psalm 104 in it. And it really stood out to me. And so I'm going to be talking about that today um, with the caveat that there's so much about food that I could say that I'm not going to cover today. Um, but I am going to share a little bit from Psalm 104 and what it teaches us about uh, the practice of eating and how it connects us to God, how it connects us to creation, how it connects us to divine delight and joy. And so um, I want to just share a little bit of background of Psalm 104 with us that um, Psalm 104 is a hymn that describes the greatness of God by detailing the splendor of creation. And it follows this kind of form of a hymn. It starts in the beginning with this phrase, bless the Lord, O my soul. And the very last verse has the very same phrase, bless the Lord, O my soul. And in between, there's a lot of verses. Uh, we're looking at just a small part of it. A lot of verses about um, the grandeur of God is a creator and sustainer of all things. God establishes the earth on its foundation, makes a home with the water, makes the wind into messengers, covers the earth with waters like clothing. And there's just all this beautiful poetic imagery about how God creates the earth and covers the earth and sustains the earth and houses the creatures of the earth and feeds and, and nourishes the earth. And some biblical scholars have pointed out that this hymn has um, some parallels to an Egyptian form of hymns called the onomastica, uh, which is a cosmological list that describes the actions of the divine in relationship to creation. 
And so Psalm 104 is this beautiful hymn. And as we read this section today, um, we see that God is not only the creator of all things, but God is also the sustainer of all things. God is the one who feeds and nourishes and provides for all of creation. God gives water and food and habitat to every living thing from the mountains to the riverbeds, to the cattle, to the plants, to the ground, to humans. And when it comes specifically to humankind, we see these verses here. The psalmist details all of these things and says, you make grass grow for cattle, you make plants for human farming in order to get food from the ground and wine, which cheers people's hearts. <laughs> I went wine tasting yesterday and also wine tasting last week. So I know about wine cheering people's hearts, um, along with oil, which makes the face shine and bread, which sustains the human heart. And through these verses, Psalm 104 reminds us that one of the primary works of God is to give food, <laughs> to provide nourishment. And this isn't just for humans, this is for the entire community of creation. All the innumerable creatures, from the donkeys to the birds to humans, all of us are held and sustained and nourished and fed by our creator. And we are simply one of the creatures dependent on God's provision. Uh, there is no anthropocentric Anthropocentric, oh my God, anthro. There is no hierarchy of <laughs> human beings being at the top. I didn't write down the word now, I can't think of it. Um, but you know, there's no hierarchy where the human beings are just at the top of the, the pyramid and everyone else is just at the bottom, that we are part of this web of all of creation, sustained and nourished and housed by God. And we are all part of this this belonging, this community of belonging, where God and creator is the divine actor in our lives. And uh, Psalm 104 reveals a few things for us. One, that eating is a reminder of divine provision. Whether it's the lions or the goats or the badgers, or the mountains or the rivers, God created us all. God sustains us all. God feeds and nourishes us all. We are all provided for and sustained by our triune God, who is the actor and the creator of all things. We are simply recipients. God is the creator and we are simply creatures. And every time we eat, every time we enjoy food, we can remember that God is the one who gives us food as a divine gift of provision. Whether it's the simplest breakfast of cereal and milk to a feast of gochujang butter, ribeye steak, we can remind ourselves that God is our divine um, provider who nourishes us and gives us good gifts. Eating is a reminder of divine provision. And also eating is a reminder of divine belonging. Friends, I was reflecting on this and I really appreciate the work of um, this book called Food and Faith, which talks about a Trinitarian theology around food. <laughs> and the premise is this, that as people made in the image of God, we are made for both personhood and for communion. 
we are invited into an, a life of unending sharing and receiving. That the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit exists in this circle of unending giving and receiving, of sharing life and being nourished. And we are invited by our triune God into that community, into that divine fellowship, into the life of the Trinity. And because of that, eating is a reminder that we too are invited into a life of both sharing and receiving. And this is important because I think in our world and society, um, because of the ways that human beings kind of think of ourselves at this, the full center of this story, and especially when it comes to eating, the way we think about plants, the way we think about animals, the way we consume these things, we have um, primarily been takers. <laughs> we don't, uh, we, we kind of extract, we consume, we don't think about our role in also giving and stewarding and sharing our life with all the community of creation. And yet we are part of this interconnected web of care and belonging through which Yahweh sustains and provides for us all. And in our act of eating, we're invited by our triune God to remember that all of life is sustained by God. There is an interdependence, a mutuality that is meant to be existing in the community of creation. And so when we eat food, we are part of that community. We are part of that circle of belonging. We are part of the cycle of unending sharing and receiving. And we are called to remember that. We're called to not exploit and extract and take advantage of creation, but to belong to the rest of the community of creation that is sustained by our God and in this circle of belonging. And also eating is a reminder of divine delight. It's a really interesting thing here in Psalm 104 that um, when it comes to this Psalm, there's all these descriptions of all the different parts of creation from the lions and the donkeys and the goats on the hill and the grass and the birds and the water and all these parts. But it is the only human beings that are described with uh, food being not just for our bodies, but also for our hearts. The words of the Psalm say that our hearts experience cheer and sustenance our faces are shining. Our spirits are glad. We are sustained. That there is this aspect for human beings of food that's not just a physical provision, but also spiritual provision. Uh, that it, food can become a source of joy and delight and cheer. That there's a um, range of creativity and um, expression in humankind that allows us to both cultivate and create different flavors and textures and colors to form entire cultures around our food, uh, to have histories and stories of food that we enjoy and we can share with gladness and delight. And for humankind in particular, in all of the community of creation, food is an expression of gladness. It's a delight to be enjoyed. It's an expression of joy and creativity. And food is not just for filling our bodies. Food is also for bringing joy to our hearts. What an amazing gift that we get to experience joy when we eat. And friends, through all of the, these truths in Psalm 104, we are reminded of the, the grace of creator. And yes, the combining different cuisines, aka fusion. Yes, I love that. 
the coming together of people and cultures and food um, in divine delight. And we're reminded that um, through, through our divine, uh, through divine provision, uh, divine belonging, divine delights, that we get to experience food as a gift of love from our creator. And so just as the psalmist says, we get to bless the Lord. We get to bless the Lord, oh, our souls, because of this gift of eating. And as I was thinking about food um, this week, I was thinking about the psalm and eating and just like filled with all these memories of food. I was reminded of this thing um, that I love to brag about <laughs> our church. Uh, and that is that our church, Bethel Community, has the longest communion table in all of the San Francisco Presbytery. <laughs> um, we are known and the church knows that like physically our table, communion table, is the longest communion table in the entire San Francisco Presbytery. And I love this because when Michael and I first came to Bethel, we, you know, Bethel meaning house of God, what a beautiful reminder that in the house of God, the table is central and the table is wide. And we had this vision when we first came to Bethel like three years ago, three plus years ago, that our church would be this house of God for those who were hungry and felt spiritually um, in need, those who were feeling uh, spiritually homeless and in exile could come and experience home and experience nourishment. And I think that God has ordained Bethel in this way to be a house, uh, not just of uh, spiritual nourishment, but also physical nourishment. And if you've been around our church, you know that eating together is a formative practice in our community. Eating together and sharing meals is a way that we share life in our church. Uh, and this is why when Michael and I first came to the church, we didn't know anybody. The first three months of our ministry was just inviting every single person into our home to eat at our table, to have a shared meal, to say, hey, tell us about your experience of church. What's been going on? Tell us about your heart, your passions. We just sat around our table and met everyone in our church that way. And this is also why when um, we uh, had our very first gathering after a whole year of pandemic in Easter 2021, after we've been separated and just on Zoom, our very first gathering after that was a feast, an Easter feast, in which we picnicked and we ate Korean bibimbap and um, Korean fried chicken and had this whole spread uh, where we feasted together. And this is also why our church has a long history of serving people in our community through food, through actually feeding people, that we have a food pantry that meets every single week and feeds up to 200 people every week. And this is why uh, we participate in the April Showers Ministry, making sack lunches for the unhoused community on a quarterly basis. This is why Dora Walton, faithful Dora, every single month cooks a whole homemade feast um, for uh, building futures for women and children, for women who are in a shelter uh, for experiencing domestic violence and abuse. Friends, we get to take joy and pride in the fact that our house is a house of God that eats together and is nourished together and feeds one another. And so I just did something fun and I collected a few photos <laughs> of food that our, our church has shared in the last year, some meals that we've had. Um, we've had 
our Easter banquet, like I mentioned. Um, I couldn't get the, there wasn't a whole picture of the whole peeping butt bar, but you can see all the meat there. <laughs> um, and then we had regional gatherings where we eat food. I know that Sarah and Steph organized a uh, kimbap making um, social. And this is our social where we had a taco bar and elote bar and um, people brought camping stoves and, and cooked elote on the stove outside in a park. Um, some of you were at Killian's baptism recently where Killian's family made a whole homemade Nigerian food feast. Um, and then some of you were also at our Easter 2022 potluck where we just had a whole entire spread of so many different things uh, and dishes representing so many different cultures and cuisines. Uh, we have a few more pictures. Um, some of you might've been at the Pentecost feast. Uh, I want to share that we on Pentecost, we have a tradition of eating fried chicken. <laughs> when we came in 2019, our very first Pentecost feast was fried chicken. And so um, 2022, we also had a Pentecost feast where we had fried chicken and a bunch of soul food. Uh, and just a couple weeks ago, we had a post-church uh, lunch from Ba Auntie Seven. We had Ba May and Nem rolls and egg rolls and just all kinds of uh, Vietnamese food. And as we think about this, you might see this and we're getting hungry. My stomach literally growled as I was looking at these photos. Um, I want to say that this gift of eating and being nourished together is not just a fun thing. It's not just something we do to pass the time. This is actually a spiritual practice. Now, as we share these meals, I hope and pray that we would not take these gifts for granted, but that we would make this practice of eating together intentional and a spiritual one, not just a physical one. The early church, uh, the first followers of Jesus, they uh, connected primarily not through sermons and through these kind of crafted services, but in table fellowship, gathering inside a house around a table, the buzz of conversation, the warmth of freshly baked bread, the feeling of wine in your belly, the smell of spices filling a room. All of this shared life over shared food was a practice of resistance in the face of an empire that was trying to snuff out life and keep people hungry. The practice of eating in the early church was a practice of resistance. And so I hope too that we as a community, as we think about Psalm 104, as we think about God as the one who provides for us food, that connects us to the community creation in food, that also gives us joy and delight through food, that we would reclaim this practice of eating and being nourished by God as a critical practice in our community. I pray that we would be moved every time that we eat, that we would give thanks to God for providing us our food, that eating would lead us to worship. I hope and pray that um, every time we eat, that we would think about where our food has come from, the way that it connects us to the plants of the field and the farmers who cultivated them, to the animals who are giving their lives and sacrificing themselves so that we could eat, that we would think about our place and our role as stewards in the community of creation. I hope that every time we share our lives with one another over a table, even in these challenging and exhausting and overwhelming days, that we would remember that God has given us food so that we can eat and be glad, that we could find joy and delight and wonder 
and appreciation and connection through food. I pray that we would be more intentional and in acknowledging God for all these good gifts, our creator who gives us life and nourishes us together. And so just a couple um, quick things I wanna share and words of encouragement I wanna give to us. One is just this week, I wanna encourage you to just try to uh, restore a practice of giving thanks for your food. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of in this phase of life with little kids. Sometimes I'm just like in a rush to eat, you know, and just get kids out the door. And I, I've kind of gotten out of the practice of thanking God for my food. And I wonder if we can actually be more intentional about taking that time to pause, to reflect, to think about where our food has come from, both um, kind of from our God who provides for us, but also from all the people and the places and the ground and the animals that our food has touched and where it comes from. This past week, of, um, I was thinking about this. Amara actually, uh, as we were eating, about to eat our lunch, and we've been talking about um, meat and why we eat meat and, and also what, you know, it's good to consider why we eat meat and to also consider if you don't want to eat meat. Um, but Amara had been asking some questions about that and we were eating some charcuterie and as, as we were about to eat some salami, um, she, she prayed and she said, thank you God for the salami and thank you for the animals. And I thought about that and I was like, oh, wow. I, I can, I'm being discipled by you right now, Amara, because I don't often do that. I don't often acknowledge God for the food that I eat anymore. And I wonder what it'd be like to reclaim that practice again. I hope and encourage us to try to do that. Um, and I also want to encourage us and want to share and announce that we as a community, as we practice eating together, um, are going to try to start up um, a, uh, sort of continuation of our communion Sundays, that every first Sunday of the month, which is communion Sundays, we gather on Zoom and have communion together. We're also going to try a first Sunday um, family feast time where we will gather, um, whether that's on Zoom or in people's homes and backyards, to have a regular time each month where we gather and we practice these things together. And we don't just eat food, but we actually um, honor God, we worship God, and we connect with one another, we connect with creation, and we claim this practice of eating together. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Starting September, we are hoping to start these family feasts every first Sunday of the month. And I do want to just announce that we're looking for some hosts, the regional hosts in different parts of um, our church, whether that's in the Bay Area or beyond. Um, if you are somebody who is open to committing to just opening up space to host. That doesn't mean you have to cook the food every time, but just hosting a standing family feast once a month, every Sunday. We encourage you to think about that and let us know because we're hoping to start up that practice as a community in the coming months. Friends, I hope that you are uh, feeling both hungry and satisfied as we think about this practice of being food. May we never forget that food is a gift of love, it is a marker of belonging, and it is a source of delight. May we, as a people, continue to be nourished together, finding our life in the life of God. Amen? Amen.